Hi, it's Tawana with Destiny Education, and welcome to Hanging with the Fellas. So last week we talked about the birthing process and what that means in relationship to coming to Jesus and understanding kind of how that, what that looks like and how that works. We talked about um, what happens when you're coming out of the birthing canal, which means when you're going from the secular into Jesus's world. And so we're going to pick up from that point today and we're going to continue with that same line of thought because there's really a lot that goes into this and too often people kind of just brush over this and pretend like there's nothing that can be learned from this part of the process, but there's so much that can be learned from this part of the process. And so what I want to give you and really kind of leave you with, give you the understanding of with the whole birthing process, when you're going from one side into the other is this. The purpose in renewing your mind is that it takes you from a secular mindset, meaning that everything I want to do is negative, it's acceptable, it doesn't matter how wild it is, it doesn't matter how crazy it is, and it has to align you with why God says this is the right way or this is the wrong way, and what it means and how you begin to live within that. And so the difference between someone who's a milk drinker uh, or a babe in Christ and someone who's a meat eater, like for example, Miles Monroe or T.D. Jakes, is that they have allowed the birthing process to have its proper time and its proper place. And what happens as you're going through this birthing process is that the Bible is held up and as you're reading it, the Bible reads you. And what begins to happen is that it sees all the areas where you need work and it starts to work on those areas and it starts to massage it and to like I want you to imagine like acne right and so what do a lot of you do when you find something like that you just squeeze it and that stuff comes out right that's what the birthing process is that's what the bible's doing is it's it's taking all the pus out of your body all the need to swear all the need to have excessive drinking and drugs and uh, fornicate on a regular basis the problem is is that most people get stuck in the babe stage because they're unwilling to go through the pain of the birthing process but the birthing process has to be done in order for the growth to take place. As long as you continue to stay in the position of a baby, you're going to keep living in that position and you're going to keep holding on to things that are not yours to hold on to. Your trust for the Lord never ever grows because you're not allowing its proper, the Bible's proper work, Jesus's proper work, the Father's proper work to have its place with you. You see, there's only one person that you can be compared to, and that person is you on this earth. But spiritually, it's Jesus. So for those of you who don't understand, I want to tell you, because I know last week I told you my story briefly, or at least a small portion of it. One of the things that I struggled with back in the world was, if God was all-powerful, then why does he need a son? And he could do anything. What I didn't understand was this. God is holy. 
And we don't understand that in our finite mind, what that means. That means that there is nothing about him that needs evil to survive, period. He doesn't have to have evil. He doesn't have none of that. But he's all about giving you the freedom to have choice. So before humans ever came into existence, he had his spirit sons. And Lucifer made his choice. And I know they call him Lucifer, but we're actually going to call him the adversary because I'm not so sure that Lucifer is actually his name. But the And when God condemns somebody, when they are just final and done, usually what happens is nobody ever speaks their name again. What we find in this event is that the adversary had made a choice. And that choice was to go against what God had for him. He was the covering cherub. And he loved the worship that God was getting so much that he wanted it for himself. You see, at that point, angels still got to choose what side they wanted to be on. And some people have a hard time with this. But think about this. Do you want somebody to love you because you go to work every day and you always have money? And so they come to you whenever they need something? Or do you want somebody to really take the time to get to know you and love you because of who you are and not what you can do for them? Most of you want someone to love you because of who you are, not what you can do for them. What do you think is different with God? Everything you have first starts with the Father. So he gave us choice. Because if I genuinely love you, I cannot take away your choice. Because the moment I do, I no longer love you. Now, you're a servant. You're a slave. You are forced into servitude that you did not choose. Which means I can never really know if your loyalty to me exists because of me or because of what I offer you. And so that's why God allows us to have that choice. And so in order for him to be able to talk to us, Jesus had to come. Because what Jesus' death did is it created a blood barrier between us and the Father. And what that blood barrier does is it allows the Father to look down on us and to be able to communicate with us because the price for everything that we have ever done and will ever do has already been paid by someone else. Someone who was able to make the trek that Adam wasn't able to do. You see, once Adam fell, the rest of us were born with the predisposition toward evil. That, that's just how it goes. And so for those of you who haven't read the Bible yet, Moses, when God was talking to him, because remember, this was before Jesus, Moses wanted to see God. And God said, you can't look at my face because if you do, you will burn to death. And he'll, he would have, he would have burned up because nothing that is impure can go in front of the father. You with me? And so he said, here's what I'll do. I'm going to cover your face as I go by, but I will let you see my back. And so as he walked by, he covered his face so that Moses didn't look in God's face. And then when he was far enough past him that Moses was out of jeopardy, 
he was able to see God's back and to know who he was talking to, which is just an excitement that I only dream of being able to have. Like, I wish that God would come and cover my face and be like, don't worry, baby girl. I'm going to let you see my back. Like, that would be so cool. Anyway, I'm going forward. Here's something that I do want you to understand. That blood barrier that Jesus, the price that Jesus paid, the beating that he went through, all of that was so that we and the Father could actually talk, that we could actually communicate, that we could actually have communion. And without that blood barrier, none of us would be able to go before the Father, especially not with the more evil that we end up doing. Jesus is the separation. And that's why the Father says, listen, you can't just come to me any old kind of way. If you don't accept my son, then you don't accept me because he already paid the price for you. And so if you deny that he gave his life for you, then you deny me. So the only way to me is through my son. And so when people come and they say, oh, I don't believe that you have to, you can go to God any old kind of way you want to, that's arrogance. That is arrogance to the top degree. And these are the things that going through that birthing process challenges in us. It, it forces us to really come to grips with where we are with that understanding. Getting to a place where we're like, nah, man, like I couldn't have gone through that. Like if somebody had put my kid on that block, I would have been like, let me go in their place. And you guys know what I'm talking about because that's exactly what you would be saying. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can't go in their place. You got to have your kid volunteer to go and give their life so that somebody else who's worse can live. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about choosing one of your kids to take the place of a murderer. Someone who had gone through and murdered a whole bunch of people. Which one of your kids would you allow? to give their life for that person. But that's who we were to Jesus. Here's the deal. God will work in your life, even if you are not part of his kingdom, because first he calls you, he woos you, he brings you in. But then you have to make the choice to continue to stay. You have to make the choice to allow yourself to be good ground. And the way that you become good ground is that you surrender to the birthing process. You surrender to that place where you're allowing the nastiness and the disgustingness and the vileness that you don't even know lives in you. Because when you're comparing yourself to people of the world, guess what? You don't seem that bad. If I compare myself to a child molester, I'm, dude, I'm great. Like, I'm phenomenal. There's nothing wrong with me. I am amazing because I don't have any of those issues and I would never spend my time hurting a child, but that's not who my comparison is. When I compare myself to the flawlessness of Jesus, now we got a different story. Now I'm not so great. Now I'm a mess. Now I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. And so I had to choose, just like each one of us has to choose to allow that nastiness to come out of us, to learn how to control our temper, to learn how to, to remove ourselves from that place of temper 
where we're frustrated with somebody, but that person that we're frustrated with still isn't able to offend us, where we're just confused with the craziness that some people bring. And you kind of look at them like, why, why are you coming to me with this? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And so these are the things that we go through. These are the things that we grow through. These are the ways that we allow the Bible to have its perfect work with us. It moves through us. It cleanses us of every evil thought, mind, everything. But it only does that when we choose to surrender. So when you struggle with things like pride, when you struggle with things like disobedience, that means you have not completed the birthing process. Because here's the beauty is that once you cross through that process, that birthing process, once you allow him to squeeze all the, the muck and the guile and the nastiness out of your system, what then begins to happen is that you begin to walk in a freedom. And there are just certain things that become very easy for you not to do. So back in the world, I had a very foul mouth, like every other word out of my mouth was the F-bomb. And I often find myself amazed at the number of times I, I find situations that would be similar. And that word never, ever crossed my mind to say in that moment. Of course, it's not in the moment that I, I notice that it's, it's after it's happened and I'm processing it. And what ends up happening is that I'm just amazed at the work that Jesus has done. Not with myself, because I'm very clear that when I tried to stop swearing, like with anything else, when you try to stop it, all of a sudden you go and do worse or swear more or do what have you more than you used to. Because what ended up happening is, is that he came in and he started doing his work. And now you're just naturally moving away from these things that you struggled with. And so... That's how you can tell when you're truly moving into that field where you're becoming a steak eater and not a milk drinker is because those things that you always struggled with suddenly become things that are not even a thought in your mind. Like that word is not even a thought in my mind to use and people can be around me and using that language and it just doesn't bother me at all. And I remember being new and somebody saying that and me thinking, oh, I wonder how somebody gets there that's how they get there. You you put yourself against the Bible. You put yourself against Jesus and you allow yourself to be molded so that you come closer to him year after year after year. And listen, the amount of time that this process takes is all based on you because you're the only one who has the power to stop the process. And so that process is stopped every time you decide that your will is above his. So let me share with you, a, a client of mine is in the process of going through a divorce. And my Jesus came and he said, hey, listen, I want you to know that I'm going to put this man's family back together, but he's got to learn to trust me and to take his hands off of it. So I went to him and I said, hey, this is what the Lord said. This is, you know, what he has advised you to do. And so he started working on it. And recently he had an experience where he found out some information. And so he went back to his wife and instead of confronting her with the information, he asked her. Now, I want you to understand something, gentlemen. This woman had already said to him that she didn't trust him, that she didn't think he was good, all these other things, right? To ask her a question that you already know the answer to 
is setting her up for failure. Well, I wanted to know if she was going to lie to me. Of course she was going to lie to you. She's already told you she doesn't trust you. She's already told you that what you're doing is making her feel like she's nothing. So now she finds out bad news and you think that it's going to hop in her mind to come and talk to you? For real? You see, you can't get mad at people because they don't respond to your intent. So let me say that another way. You can't judge people because you had certain intentions and they don't see those intentions. If they don't see those intentions, there's something that you're not communicating there and that's causing a problem. That's what's hurting you. It's what is making things so difficult for you to keep moving forward. You see, you've got to allow people to heal. When Jesus does a work, when he brings about a change, and I told you this in last week's um, episode, I said, everybody kept saying something was different about me, but nobody could tell me what it was. I had no idea. I didn't feel any different on, on the inside. What I felt like was I was hungry. It was like a vampire waking up. If you ever seen a vampire movie and they wake up and they're starving, they're just hungry. And, you know, they, of course, want nastiness that I wasn't interested in. I was interested in the word. And that's what I was hungry for was to read. And that's why I was able to read so quickly. It was the only time in my life I have read a 700 page book from beginning to end in just a couple of hours. Like it's not ever been done before that, it's never been done since that. And even when I went back through and I read the word, it really was days, weeks at a time it took. So what I loved is that while I was going through the birthing process, there were certain things that the Lord had me do. And so I wanna share these with you. The first thing was he gave me a Tyndale New Living Translation Bible. I didn't like the NIV. There was something about it that just kept causing static in my spirit. There, the God will always give you a way to know where he's not on board with something. And so what he did was he put me in the NLT. And I read that NLT cover to cover six times. The reason that I had to do that six times was because I had to learn the histories that are contained therein, what they were talking about, what they were, were going through, who the people were, the impact of that story on their life, all these different things. And so I got something different out of it each and every time I read it, even within that truncated time span. And so the next logical question would be, well, how many years did it take you? It didn't. It took me six months. And that's stretching it because... I literally would read it from beginning to end, flip it back over and read it from beginning to end again. And then from there, he graduated me into other Bibles and he said, which one do you want to try? Well, I love Charles Stanley, who recently passed away and that was devastating. But he had the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. And I tried reading it, but I couldn't get into it. It just, it wasn't working. And so then he took me into the KJV. And so the KJV, I've read sections and sections and sections and sections of, but he's never had me read it from cover to cover. And then when I got to the point that I had gathered everything he wanted me to gather out of that, he moved me into 
um, an English Hebrew translated transliteration. And so now I'm into the Hebrew and the Greek, and that's where he's feeding me from now. And it's changing my entire understanding of the Bible. And so I want you to understand that it was progression. I didn't go from NLT to Hebrew overnight. I went from NLT to NLT to NLT three more times, King James Version, and then to the Hebrew and the Greek. And because of that, I understood everything and the Bible had really started to work. Does that make me perfect? Absolutely not. There are still things that I, sure, I, I go through. There, Everything is so minor at this point that I haven't really encountered something that is impossible. And that was the ultimate goal of where he wants us to get to, is that we get to that place where we realize that nothing is impossible and that we can continue to move forward with him as long as we are walking with him. Are you with me? That's the purpose of the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important in the birthing process, because it was through each of those sections that I got to see more and more about who I was, that I got to learn about the problems that I was having, about the things that were going on, about the things I had been taught as a child. And now I've got to come into my own understanding of his world and how that works and how what I was taught as a child does not work in the the system that he has set up. And so that's what we're looking at. So renewing of the mind is so vitally important because it's through the renewing of the mind that we finally fall in line with Jesus's wishes. And I'll tell you, when you allow yourself to go through that process, even as painful as it is, what's amazing about it is that when you come out on the other side, you stand through anything. There is no fire that comes your way that you can't stand through. It's unbelievable. It's It really is that phenomenal. And I just, I love that part of the process. I enjoy it tremendously. And so that is part two of the birthing process. I'll see you next week.